Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you. But first, we would like to say a few words. Nitwit. Oddments. Blubber. Tweak. Podcast 9 and 3 quarters topic of the week is... How would you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Hello listeners, I'm Rhea. And hello listeners, I'm Jem. So this week, it's something different. We're going to be doing a hypothetical scenario in which we take a moment out of the books and out of the movies and put ourselves in the shoes of the characters and imagine what we would do in the same situation. Yes. Specifically, how we would put our names in the Goblet of Fire in fourth year. Yeah, exactly. So the scenario I've got here, we're in our fourth year at Hogwarts. Our school is hosting the Trivers Tournament. We want to enter and become champion, but we're underage, so that means we are not allowed to put our name in the goblet. If we want to get ourselves into the running, we're going to have to be sneaky about it. That's it. <laughs> okay. Well, um, yeah, I just read the fourth book last week or so, and Harry mentioned, because so the goblet is put in place, and it's only going to be there for 24 hours. So mm-hmm. it's only going to be there from one evening to the next. So as Harry mentioned in the book, it's probably best to come down in the quiet of night, yeah. If, especially if you're an underage student, because if you try and do it during the daytime, a lot of your plans wouldn't work. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of witnesses. Um, I've got basically all the details of what happens here. Do you want me to go through this? Yeah, first of all, I just want to say mm-hmm. that the age line around the goblet is 10 feet surrounding it. And to put that into metric system, because I'm not a fucking fool, it's <laughs> 304 centimetres. So three metres. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 10 feet in diameter, which means that... The distance from the outside of the age line to the center of the circle, where three the cup meters. is. No, it, that's one and a half meters. It's three meters all the way around. Diameter? No, sorry. It's no. three meters all the way through. It's one and a half meters ah. from the center to the outside line. Yeah. I was going to say, diameter is in circumference. Jesus. Yeah. So that's going to be important <laughs> for me later. Same. Um, some other notable things about the age line. In the movies, the age line is hovering about waist height. Mm. In the in the books, it is on the ground. Yeah. So it's just a painted line on the ground. And I think what's implied is that it's actually some sort of invisible barrier. And the line on the ground is just drawn so that everybody knows where it is. So you don't accidentally wander through the line if that's not what you mean to do. Yeah. Yeah. And what I also found out about it is that, well, first of all, according to Hermione... The fact that the line is cast by Dumbledore himself makes it so powerful that it's impossible to bypass it or trick it, Mm. which is what we see when Fred and George try to take an aging potion and trick the line, which doesn't work. Yeah, which I mean, Fred and George love them, but they're kind of dumb. That's just not the strategy (laughs) (laughs) to employ. I don't know. It makes a certain amount of sense. You've got a magical age line, a magical aging potion. Like, I can see how you get from point A to point B. It is one of the most difficult strategies you could have employed oh it definitely is i've come up with several much more simple ideas yeah the other thing i want to say about the age line is that it apparently relies on calendar age rather than physical age what's the difference (laughs) i'm not exactly sure (laughs) as far as i can tell fred and george weasley their plan was to take the aging potion which changes their physical age and makes them a bit older i i don't know what that means exactly but the line is based on, I guess, your birth date and yeah. when your birthday is. Okay. So taking the aging potion doesn't change time itself. No. It didn't make Fred and George older. But it, I guess, aged their bodies physically. Okay, I can wrap my head around that a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's difficult to talk about these things because I don't have the proper words. Uh, but that was my understanding of the age line. Okay, so the Goblet of Fire itself... So after dinner on the 30th of October, Dumbledore announces 
that any student who wants to enter the Triwizard Tournament needs to write down their name on a piece of paper and put it into the Goblet of Fire. Their name and their school. Their name and their school, that's right. So that there's three schools and only three champions. <laughs> Oops. Which, which, as we know, goes perfectly, just according to plan. Mm, absolutely. So only students over the age of 18 are allowed to put their names in the goblet, but once your name is inside, the goblet can't tell how old you are. So that's why there's an age line around the goblet. The goblet doesn't have any sort of inbuilt age mechanism. And I think that's because the Triwizard Tournament didn't used to have an age limit. That's a mm. new safety measure. Oh, yeah, because they're making it much more safe this year. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we'll they, get to that. <laughs> they spend the whole book basically saying, oh, we've put all these new safety measures into place, but then, bitch, where? What safety measures? <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they always brag on about how safe it is. In the first task, they literally put like fucking teenagers in there with a fucking dragon in the fucking rink to mm-hmm. fight it. It's yeah. ridiculous. That's not safe in any measure of the term. It makes me wonder what happened in previous oh. Triwizard tournaments. I reckon, like, it was just a, a death match. Like, well, like, there was no chance. Just an actual fight to the death. Yeah. <laughs> Champions. <laughs> it's much safer this time. Now they just have to fight dragons. <laughs> God. Okay, the only other important thing is that uh, in the movies, the Goblet of Fire is on this massive stone plinth, basically. Yeah. You might remember the scene where Victor Crumb comes in and puts his name in the goblet, and he's the actor yeah. who plays him stretches right up onto his toes to stick his name in there. He also does the cool look over to Hermione while he's showing his biceps. It's amazing. Very seductive. <laughs> <laughs> so what actually happens, and I say actually because, as we know, I rank the books above the movies. Mm. In the books, the Goblet of Fire is sitting on the little three-legged wooden stool that the sorting hat usually sits on. Yeah. So we don't have a specific height on what that is. But I reckon, like, waist height. Yes, I imagine the opening of the cup is about waist height. Yeah. If you're of average height, I guess. Mm. That's all the information I have on the Goblet of Fire. We can now start in on our... Strategies. Strategies. Okay, well, I would like to propose the first strategy. Okay. Which came to me as soon as I thought of it, and my answer is just fucking chuck it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Just write your name on the paper, write a school, and just throw it over the age line into the Goblet of Fire. Like, it can't be that hard. (laughs) As we've established, it's one and a half metres. I've thrown paper further and gotten it into bins. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not a great shot. I'd probably need to go a few times, maybe have a few bits of paper there just in case, and just keep throwing it. But there's no limit. You've you've got all night. You yeah. can just sit there outside the age line and just chuck paper in until yeah. you get your name in. Yeah, absolutely. I... <laughs> <laughs> it's not that hard. It's, it's It boggles the mind. <laughs> How did Dumbledore not think, oh, yeah... Anyone could just chuck their name in. I mean, I suppose Dumbledore could have made the age line spherical, so it's not, like, just a line. But even then, a piece of paper doesn't have an age. Exactly true. I don't need to cross... I don't need to be, like, throwing my upper body over the line <laughs> no. to try and get my name in there. I can just... I can chuck a piece of paper one and a half metres. Yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> So yeah, I think that's a great strategy. Chuck your name in. That's a good way to get it into the columns. <laughs> I've separated my ideas for how to get my name in into three groups. Mm-hmm. Ones where I go through the line. Okay. Ones where I go over the line. Mm-hmm. And then dumb. Just dumb <laughs> is my final category. <laughs> so uh, throw it in was on my over the line ones. I'm going to start with my through the lines. Okay. So we all remember that beautiful iconic scene in the movies where hey, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? <laughs> where Dumbledore does like a power slide into the room you know rips his shirt open screams at the ceiling Harry did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Bench presses bench presses McGonagall whips Snape over the room like, yeah slaps Harry across the face <laughs> yeah but asked then, calmly he said calmly yeah but then the next line out of his mouth is did you ask an older student to put your name in for you? Incredible. And that... <laughs> I can't... Loophole! <laughs> Are you telling me, Dumbledore, that there was nothing in place to stop me from just giving my name to an older student and asking them to cross the line and put it in for me? Yep, no, obviously not. Apparently there was nothing stopping Harry from doing that. <laughs> so, an incredible one. So I guess that's my second strategy. Oh, and also, that is in the books as well. Yeah. Dumbledore asks Harry if he put his name in. He says no. The other 
adults in the room start saying that basically Harry's a liar, and McGonagall says no. Harry said he didn't ask an older student to do it, and therefore he didn't. That's all the proof we need. <laughs> yep. Truly incredible. So I love trust. Okay, uh, my second strategy involves two items. So I'm going to MacGyver this. Oh, I'll need... We're getting complicated yeah, already. I'll need a broom and a fishing rod. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to piece together what you're thinking of. Yeah, so I... Here I am. I'm in the Great Hall, midnight... Dicks out. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm forcibly removed from the Great Hall. No, um, I am there and I have my broomstick and I'm all sneaky like. I just go over the cup, hover over it, and you know, I could just drop the paper over there, but maybe if I want to be more precise, like maybe I'm just, I don't want to risk it. I just have my fishing rod and I lower down my little parchment. Okay, wait a minute. What cup. do you mean by you go over the cup? Are you talking like Mission Impossible style? No, I'm like on a broomstick. I'm oh, like... a flying magical broomstick. Fuck. No, yeah, no, I just have a regular broom. <laughs> I just completely forgot that magic existed. <laughs> I thought you meant just like, I thought you were just going to like poke the cup with a broom. No, 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 no. No, like, I'd, I'd have to fly. I get you. I'd have a Nimbus and I'd just be hovering over it. Mm-hmm. And I'd just reel my little, my little parchment into the, into the cup with my fishing rod. Yeah. That also, you don't really need the fishing rod again. You can again, just drop it in. Yeah, I mean, I could, but maybe I'd miss, so I'd, I wouldn't want to. You know, it, it's fail safe, and I'm figure, I, like, I mightn't have a fishing rod on me, like, to bring to Hogwarts, but I'm sure I could transfigure something. Easy as. I, you just need a piece of string. Yeah, exactly. That too. Yeah. Any, any sort of homemade fishing rod would be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is assuming that the age line doesn't go all the way up to the ceiling, which mm. is a possibility. It is. But again. If you take your broom and you hover, like, real high and just throw it down from a distance. Yeah. If, if you're not too, like, certain of your horizontal throwing skills, your vertical <laughs> dropping skills might be better. Your dropping <laughs> skills should be better. <laughs> a lot of these, I feel like we're going to just be combining lots of different ideas, which are all basically going to come down to chuck it in. <laughs> yeah, just chuck it. Just... <laughs> My next strategy is ask a teacher to put my name in. Ooh, which teacher? Yeah. This one has a bit of a subterfuge element. So, like the ask an older student, in that scenario I'm assuming I have a friend who's in an older year or an older sibling. Asking a teacher, I think I would mainly be going for Madame Maxime or Igor Kakarov. Mmm. See, if I But you're a Hogwarts student, right? Yes, I'm a Hogwarts student in this scenario and Mm. in real life and in my heart. (laughs) If I were to approach one of them and basically be on the down low, so you want your school to win, right? <gasps> Wouldn't it be great if Hogwarts had an underage, undertrained champion? Mm. You know how you can make that happen? Sneak my name in. <laughs> yeah, that's a good plan. Mm. I'm not sure they'd go for it, though. Yeah, they might have a bit more honour, but you know who didn't have, like, a single ounce of credibility in that book? Ludo Bagman. True. He'd want it for the drama. Yes. Mm. (laughs) Wasn't he in some kind of... I haven't read this book in a a long while. He was in some kind of financial strife. Yeah, with the goblins. With the goblins. Mm. And he was basically planning on getting himself out of debt by betting that Harry would win the tournament and Sneaky trying to make things easier for Harry. Yeah. So, I don't have all this information when I'm in Hogwarts, but if I was in some way able to approach Ludo Bagman and say, hey, betting on me, because mm. I'm real good at magic, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> and if not, at least bet that I'll have my arm chopped off in the first yeah. task. I mean, it'll be amusing to watch. <laughs> Maybe I throw the tournament and you can bet on that. Mm. I don't really know why I'm so desperate to get my name into the goblet if I'm just going to throw the tournament, but there are ways to get my name in. Yeah. The point of the scenario is get my name in, not win the tournament. I had a similar sort of idea to asking an older student or asking a teacher, but then my contingency to that strategy would be to obliviate them afterwards. Ooh. Leave no tracks. That has a new element to it. Mm. Okay, this is a completely different hypothetical, but is obliviating someone illegal? No. No? (laughs) I mean, as far as we can see, no. There are official obliviators, of course. Yes, but there are official police officers that they can do lots of things that I'm not allowed to do. Yeah, but, I mean, people obliviate people 
just randomly throughout the books. That's true. But again, Hermione, we see Hermione obliviate people throughout the books, but Hermione does all kinds of illegal things. Dumbledore, like, messes with muggles' memories and perceptions throughout the books with no Mm. jurisdiction. Yes. But then again, Dumbledore is Dumbledore. (laughs) I think there might be different rules for obliviating muggles in order to serve the statute of secrecy and obliviating other wizards in order to hide your wrongdoing. Yeah, I mean, there's no evidence to... As far as I've researched, there probably is. But, I mean, of course, if I'm putting my name in the goblet, do I really care about the rules if I'm a 14-year-old? That's true. Like, I'm I'm illegally entering myself in a tournament that I'm not allowed to be in anyway. So I'm sure that that would be the least of their worries if I actually got my name pulled out. Yeah, basically, if I'm willing to shoplift, I'm willing to commit murder. Like, that's the same. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. So my next strategy would be to get an owl to drop it in. <laughs> because, as we know, the owls speak English. Or they... No, they don't speak English. <laughs> yes, as we know, the owls speak English. No, I mean, they understand <laughs> basic English. So, first of all, I go from my little common room dormitory down the dungeons, I scurry up to the fucking owlery, mm-hmm. and I grab myself a barn owl. I'm like, oh, you sh- sh- got to be real quiet, eh? Come back down to the, <laughs> to the great hall. And I give him my little my little parchment, and I'm like, "Wait, okay. So I want you to to swoop over the goblet and drop it in at the flames, not past the flames, not before it, at the flames. You get me? You feel me? And then after this, I'll give you so many owl nuts, like so many. <laughs> I'm sorry. What will you give the owl? Owl nuts. Owl nuts. They eat them. What is an owl nut? Jim? I don't. I don't know. But I've been reading the books recently, and Harry feeds him owl nuts. He feeds Hedwig. He feeds her owl nuts. He feeds her owl treats. No, owl nut. I swear I read the word nut. <laughs> I would just assume you've got nut on the mind. <laughs> but <laughs> owl nuts, that's not ringing any bell, but all right. Um, I'm going to fact check it later on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I had owl down as well. So continuing with my going through the line, all of my through the line strategies involve me basically pawning this job on, off on someone else. You're leaving a trail. I know. I'm involving all these other people, and I guess I'm not obliviating them. I suppose I could. I had a better idea. <laughs> like, I haven't even had a better idea yet. <laughs> you have not. You can, you can see my notes. Oh, surprise, listeners. Guess who's in the same room for once? Ayo, we are. Hey. I'm visiting my family, so we get to record an episode live in person. Mm. Usually we are separated by several states, which is quite sad for all of us. Not me. <laughs> oh well, fuck you then. <laughs> okay, so my next one was ask a house elf to mm. put it in. But would they blab? Not if it's loyal to me. If- uh, well, are you from a pure blood family in this scenario? Uh, maybe. Maybe I'm from a rich family. <laughs> maybe I'm from a fancy, nice family that owns our own house. A elf. fancy, nice, raceless family who <laughs> who endorses slavery. Mm, nice. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm from a family of really nice slave owners. <laughs> Progressive slave owners who treat the slaves nicely. That makes it fine. (laughs) I don't want to get into a discussion of slavery, okay? It exists in the Wizarding World. We'll address that in a later episode. Sure. For now, there are house elves working at Hogwarts, but I'm not... I wouldn't use one of those because they'd probably rat me out to Dumbledore. They're loyal to Dumbledore, yeah. But if I was from a family like the Malfoys, who once had a house elf named Dobby, which we all may remember... If I have a house elf that is loyal to me, they would be able to enter the school and probably cross the age line because wizarding magic doesn't really seem to apply to house elves. It kind of seems like they can go wherever they want, do whatever they want, fuck wherever they want. I don't know. Maybe... Yeah, I reckon they'd get past the age line. I was just thinking, wouldn't the age line count their age? But I don't know. (laughs) Wouldn't it work like an age line? Yeah, but no, actually... Yeah, well, that'd be alright. Even if it did, maybe I've got a house elf that's more than 17 years old. How old are house elves? But maybe they've got, like, dog ears or something. Like, where... Yeah. <laughs> maybe they're, like, insects. Like, mayflies. Yeah, we don't know. Well, we see Dobby around for a couple of years. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well, I didn't assume he was an infant in the second book. What if he's, like, 200 years old? <laughs> yeah, the house elves could live for centuries. We don't know. Well... Yeah. So, yeah, get a house elf to put my name in the Goblet of Fire. That's my next strategy. Okay. 
my next strategy is uh, hover charm. <laughs> you know, just swish and flick, hover that parchment right over the line and into the thing. That's if I'm really bad. If I've got a really bad aim, and yeah. I'm like, I've, I've tried. I've tried it a few times. I'm like, oh no, it's not working for me. I'll just, I'll just control the flight of this parchment into the flame. Yeah, a couple of my strategies I have muggle and magical alternatives. Mm. So the muggle alternative here is throw it in. The wizarding alternative is use your fancy levitating spell (laughs) and levitate it in. Yes. We know that this is definitely possible to do with paper. Like, as if the hovering charm works on an orcs club or whatever. A trolls club. It works on everything. It works on everything, but not paper. (laughs) But we do see it in the third movie. There's Mm. that scene in, I believe, Defense Against the Dark Arts class. No, no, that's the fifth movie. Where Pavati or someone makes that pa- oh that, that paper is a bird. lovely scene. Uh, mm. I was referring to the one where Draco um, writes a love letter to Harry about how he's going to get struck by lightning during Quidditch match. I'm pretty sure he just oh no yeah he did blow it yeah <laughs> he he had that he had a paper crane in his hands and he blew it to Harry and it flew over to him. Wow. So if you wanted to get real fancy with it, you could fold your entry into a paper crane and have it fly into the goblet of fire. That's poetic. Mm. <laughs> Perfect for love letters to the boy who lived and for entering some kind of suicidal death match. Yeah, it's incredible. Incredible magic. My final strategy, my final through the line strategy, I do have a couple of over the line strategies. Polyjuice potion. Yeah, I've got that one too. Mm. We know that aging potion doesn't work, but if you are able to polyjuice yourself into a different person, an older person, would you be able to cross the line? Absolutely. Well, what about what I said earlier about how the age line relies on calendar age rather than physical age? So if you've polyjuiced mm. yourself into a different person, that person might have a body that is physically older than 14 or whatever we are. But you, you, the person who is still in essence you... <laughs> Your calendar age has not changed. I don't know, because maybe it's reading the age of the body that you're in. Because, mm. like, you know, that that's all well good for Fred and George, because they're still in their own bodies. It's just a little bit older. Yeah. But if you're in the body of, like, a Madame Pomfrey, yeah. <laughs> my target. <laughs> my- <laughs> Honestly, I was going to say Angelina Johnson. Oh, yeah. I don't, because I know that she entered the Goblet of Fire. She entered the Goblet She entered the Triwizard Tournament. Mm. But I don't know why you jump straight to Madame Pomfrey. I'm still assuming that I'm doing this in the middle of the night. So just, you know, sneak to Pomfrey's room. <laughs> Snippy snip. <laughs> uh, that was sniffing off her hair, not some kind of other <laughs> thing. But, okay, my only big problem with this theory is that we're 14 where are we mm. going to get access to Polyjuice Potion? Because we don't know that the Triwiz Tournament is happening before we get to school. So we can't yes. just bring it with us. It's not something that you just have. So unless mm. we steal it from Snape's office, if he's already got some brewed. Yes, because it does take months and months, months to brew. Yeah. So we'd, we'd already have to have either, like, have it on us at, at the time, which is unlikely, mm-hmm. or steal it from Snape in the unlikely event that he does have it in his office. Yes. And then that involves breaking into Snape's office. Mm-hmm. Which Again, is dangerous. <laughs> if I'm willing to put a piece of paper in a cup, there's nothing I'm not willing to do. But I think if I was Snape and I knew that there were people who were wanting to put their names in the cup and I knew that Polyjuice Potion is a way to get past the age line, I'd be keeping that really safe. Well, I think I'd just say to Dumbledore, why don't you make something that stops people who have Polyjuice themselves getting their names in the cup? True. Okay. So, you said that the students didn't know that the Triwizard Tournament was happening before they arrived at Hogwarts. Mm. That is true in the majority of cases. Mm. But in some special cases, Draco Malfoy, they were told months in advance by their parents. Right. So, you're in this scenario entirely, you're assuming you're from a privileged, yes. rich family. As always, <laughs> I'm assuming that I am from the fanciest, richest old blood money family. You can tell you can tell she's white, ladies and gentlemen. I know, you can. We're sisters. <laughs> Don't just fucking drag me down and <laughs> pretend that you're fine. Yes, I usually assume that I'm a Slytherin and that again comes with the assumption that I'm coming from one of those old money traditional Slytherin families, which I have a lot of problems with, but in this particular scenario it's helping me, so <laughs> see whatever. 
in this, when I think of hypotheticals, I just put myself and all my situation, but just in the house that I would be in. So mm. it's just me with my regular family. So I'd just be a Muggleborn in Slytherin. Yeah, but then we're both Muggleborns, and that's weird. Well, no, I mean you have your, you do you, you have your own world. <laughs> I've just got my own thoughts here. I'm sorry, are you saying we're not sisters in this hypothetical? Well, of course, in my hypothetical we are, but in your oh, hypothetical okay. we're not. <laughs> I'm, I'm so upset. I, <laughs> there's a universe in which we're not sisters. Oh I'm like, God. this is heartbreaking. <laughs> what are we even talking about? Okay. Yeah. So we don't, I don't have to be coming from some fancy snotty Slytherin family. There were plenty of people who were working in the Ministry of Magic who knew about the Triwizard Tournament and who could have told their kids about it. Arthur Weasley knew about the Triwizard Tournament. True, yeah. It was just the Weasleys didn't want to spoil the surprise, that's why. Yeah, they wanted their kids to have a fun surprise when they got to Hogwarts. But I could easily come from a family where, say, my mother, who works at the Ministry of Magic, is like, hey, this thing's gonna happen, won't that be exciting? And Mm. then I have several months of, yeah, this is gonna be super exciting, and that's better than being surprised at Hogwarts. And also several months of time to plan. (laughs) (laughs) How am I going to get my name in the Goblet of Fire? Several months to figure that out. However... On the opening night, so it was, what was it, Halloween night? 30th of October. The 30th of October. The champions were announced on Halloween night, and basically all of Halloween day Mm. and some of the night before was the time when people were putting their names in. Yeah. So wasn't the announcement that it was for 17s and over only announced on the 30th of October? Oh, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was. Well, it was part of the announcement, but I'm not sure why that would have been a secret. From, like, the ministry officials who were organising the tournament, why would they hide an age restriction? Why wouldn't they? I mean... (laughs) Well, because part of the work that went into setting up this tournament was assuring everyone that it was going to be much safer this time around. Yeah, yeah. Which included the age restriction. I don't see any reason why a student whose parents had told them about the Triwizard Tournament wouldn't also know about the age restriction. Okay. So it is possible that some kind of psychopath, sneaky 14-year-old found out about this tournament, planned months and months in advance to change their identity and enter. True. That's something that could happen. Also, we do know that there is a supply of Polyjuice Potion at Hogwarts at the time in question. Yeah. In the offices of one Barty Crouch Jr., a.k.a. Yeah. Alistair Moody. But no one else knows that he's actually an imposter. Yeah, there's no way that the characters would know that. We, no. the readers, know that. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the only thing that I could think of a 14-year-old doing would be, okay, I can either get Polyjuice Potion from somewhere in Diagon Alley, maybe? I don't think they sell it. No, they wouldn't sell it. Well, is it illegal? I, I assume it is, but I wouldn't know. I can't remember. I don't know if it's actually illegal to use. You'd think it would be. I mean, identity fraud affects thousands of Americans every year. It's not a joke, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there are lots of things which are very deeply troubling and upsetting as a muggle. Which are just fine for wizards. (laughs) So then, what about Snape's office? Assuming Snape has a pre-brewed polyjuice potion. Yeah, which he mightn't. Yeah, we know he has all the ingredients for polyjuice potion, but why would he have the complete potion just sitting around his office, especially if it's illegal. Mm, exactly. I mean, the thing I could think of is it's needed for newt levels or something like that. Oh, that's true. For studying. Yeah. For the teaching of potions, which is his profession. I mean, that does come up sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> My next strategy is to put a confundus charm on the cup or to imperio the cup. The goblet itself has some level of sentience mm-hmm. because it's able to figure out that there are three different schools and to choose one name from that school and somehow it manages to choose Oma um, and Cedric and Harry. They're all, like, peak levels of Mm -hmm. their respective fields. And the reason it chose Harry as well is because he was under a fourth school. Yes. By the way, what was that fourth school? Did Barney Crouch just make it up? Was it Pig Farts or something? Anyway. I like to imagine it's um, Voldemort school. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway. So, yeah, the, the cop has some sort of sentience. And didn't Barney Crouch Jr confund the cup or something? He did. He cast a very high level, strong confundus charm on the cup to trick it into believing that there were four schools in the Tri-Wizard tournament. Yeah. And that one school 
only had one entry. He didn't trick it into thinking that that was the case. There was one entry for this fourth school, so it was the only person that could be chosen. Yeah. Oh man, I've got some time to practice in your scenario. I've got in mine as well. <laughs> That's true. If I've got time... And if not the Confundus charm, then the Imperio curse. Again, this is a highly illegal dark magic. <laughs> oh no! Arrest me! <laughs> well, I'm a little bit like the police are going to listen to this and realize, hey, these two girls are very okay with breaking the law in this fictional universe they've created. I think the police have better things to do. <laughs> yeah, that was a stupid comment. I guess I mean like the magic cops, the wizard cops. So yes, we've reached my over-the-line strategies. You've gone through them all. Throw it in, use an owl, use a broom. The one that you haven't done, cast some kind of engorgement spell. I hate that. Spell on your arm to make it really, really long. And then just put it in. Like Mr. Fantastic. That is disgusting. (laughs) But also, is your arm older? Well, my... oh, It would just spring right back, probably with a little beard on the thumb. (laughs) We don't know how tall the barrier is. It could go all the way to the roof. It could be a sphere. So just extend nine meters in the air and then bend it down again. It's disgusting. <laughs> this, this is a really good way to break your arm. And Pomfrey or some shit would come running in to see you with a 12-foot arm broken on the ground. <laughs> okay, so that was the wizard method. As I've said, I've written down wizard and muggle methods full of these. Get some kind of, like, stick. Like a long stick mm. with the piece of paper on the end and just drop it in. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's... There's loads of implements you could make. Yeah, instead of making your arm longer with magic, just use something that's already long. Yeah. <laughs> Some that... kind of long implement. <laughs> you could, you know those, um, you know in the 90s and they had those, like, long, sticky, gelatinous things with the hand? Oh, yes. Yeah. The jello hand on a string. Jello is the wrong term. Um, a sticky goo that kids like to play with. Like a silly putty almost, but. Yes, yeah. but more solid. More rubbery. Yes, and it was on, like, a long string made out of the same material. Yeah. And the idea was that you could flick it a long distance and slap your friends yeah. <laughs> with this tiny little jello hand. I mean, yeah, you could get one of those and just make it longer, because they're not that long. They're not, the, well, not 1.5 metres. <laughs> so just make that a bit longer, and then slap it in. <laughs> just slap it in. I mean, this is 1994. Those are all the range. <laughs> they are. Any muggle-born worth their salt would have 50 of those things in there wizard trunk damn right <laughs> or you could make a slingshot like you could do like a of slingshot things. classic mm. hunting tool from the fucking neanderthal times yeah incredible <laughs> um oh i've got one more accio goblet <laughs> so i've got that as well <laughs> you know you mightn't be able to get the paper into the goblet but you bring the goblet to you mm-hmm. and that's and that includes a hover charm too you could just we yep. guardian Leviosa, that motherfucker, over the line and into your hands and mm-hmm. just be like, here it is, and then put it back. Yep. Yeah. Basically, you can't cross the line, so you bring the goblet to you. Yeah. But my only thought is, is the line attached to the goblet? So if you try and... Oh. Yeah. If you try and summon the goblet with the line, just come running towards you and you're like, ah! <laughs> that would be hilarious. It would First be. of all. <laughs> but I don't think that it's the case. As I've said, because there is that golden line drawn on the ground, mm. I think the line is something static. Yeah. It can't move with the cup. It's it's in a place. And of course, the other barrier to this method is if the goblet was stuck down and like could not be moved. Like there yes. are like sticking charms and permanent sticking charms that keep things in place. Well, the thing about the permanent sticking charm is it is permanent. <laughs> so, yeah. So, the two things there would be that the goblet was permanently stuck to the stool, which we know is not the case because mm. we see the stool next year yeah. with no goblet on it. Yeah. Or that the pool stool was permanently stuck to the ground. Again, not the case. Or that they just replaced the stool the next year. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you get rid of this amazing stool, which we have seen every single year, and presumably since the beginning of time, just for this one. The beginning of time! (laughs) I'm assuming this is the very stool that Helga Hufflepuff crafted herself. Wow. Um, I think they could have down, they could have gone down to the local Tesco and just gotten a new stool. Like, it's not... What is with this geographic reference? (laughs) I'm just appealing to the listeners. Yes, I'm assuming our entire listener base is based in England. Yeah, of course. (laughs) And like, 
I mean, it's a stool. They can get any three-legged stool anywhere. You can, they can, tra- they can transfigure a new one and then, like, okay. lickety split. You're very <laughs> attached to this idea that the stool is attached. I mean, <laughs> it could be. It would be more likely that there's some kind of magical protection on the cup which prevents it be- from being summoned. Yeah, like a Horcrux. Yeah, like the Horcrux in the sixth <laughs> book, which was not summonable. Mm. Summonable? Non-summonable? Yes. <laughs> but in that scenario... You could summon the stool. <laughs> yeah. If you could summon... If you were careful... But then, the stool comes zooming out and the cup smashes on the ground and you break the cup and everyone knows. Oh my god. Can you imagine? That would be the worst. I'm just trying to imagine... Oh, I'm, I'm a Slytherin, so it's okay. But what if you were in Gryffindor and you broke the cup and you had to flee from the Great Hall to the Gryffindor common room seven stories up oh without god. getting caught? You wouldn't do it. You wouldn't God. be able to do it. I'm just trying to imagine this is like a flash game or something. <laughs> so terrifying. I mean, Hufflepuffs have it easy. They're right there. Hufflepuffs and Slytherins are fine. You just got to flee. You just got to get through the entrance hall and yeah. you're fine. Mm. Ravenclaws and Gryffindors, if you Split. if you smash that cup, you are screwed. Yeah, absolutely The entire castle is going to catch you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I don't know this, but maybe you can summon things slower. There's no evidence to show that you can. Yeah, every single time it just zooms at top speed towards you. Yeah, like that time when Harry turned 17, he tried to summon his glasses onto his face and he poked himself in the eye because they came at him so quick. (laughs) Incredible. Oh, that boy. (laughs) And didn't he try to... No, he tried to tie his shoelaces with magic. Yeah. And then Ron said he shouldn't try and do his fly with magic. (laughs) Oh, imagine if he tried to do his fly with magic. Harry, you don't need to do everything with magic. (laughs) Okay, so maybe it's not possible to Accio the stool. What about this? Get a big stick. Again, a lot of my plans rely on a big stick. <laughs> yeah, where are you finding this big stick? Uh, out in the forest, a broom. Like a regular muggle broom. Filch's oh, broom. Okay, right. Squib broom. <laughs> yeah, like it only has to be one and a half metres long, as we've discussed. If you could... Hook it around one of the legs of the stool and slowly pull the stool over, mm. even to the edge of the line. You could have a lasso that does the same. Yeah, that's easier than a big stick. A lasso. <laughs> it is. How is that easier? It is, it's got a hoop on the end. Have you ever lassoed something in yes. your life? <laughs> yes. When? For drama. For drama, you learned how to do <laughs> Yes. Okay, I was expecting you to say, like, on the farm or something, which I would have called you out on, but I was not witnessing every moment of your <laughs> drama day, so it's possible. <laughs> All right, do you have any more? Well, we had one that we discussed before in which this could be executed during the daytime, but you yes. have to be really sneaky and really quick and really smart. So. Oh. Just a quick shout out. This is our dad's theory. So, dad, if you're listening to this, thank you. You're amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right. I'm in the great hall or the entrance hall. The great hall. No, it was in the entrance hall. Yeah, I'm in the entrance hall and I- I'm watching all these 17 year olds strut up to the cup and drop their name in. And I'm sitting there on the sidelines and I'm-, I'm looking on and I got my wand ready. And as each of them goes up, I point my little wand at their hand where they're holding their parchment and I just whisper a little sneaky charm to mm-hmm. change the name on the parchment to my name. <laughs> <laughs> so you're basically transfiguring each entry as it goes in yeah. into an entry which has your name and school written instead of their name. Well, I just target the Hogwarts student because then I'm only changing one line. Of oh them. yeah, you wouldn't do every single entry because no. it would be highly suspicious if Jem came out for <laughs> all four schools. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, problem solved. And, like, I assume as I got as I kept on doing it throughout the day, I'd get better at it. So mm-hmm. if I missed the first few ones, it wouldn't be that big of an issue because I'm there all day. Yeah. Fuck class. I don't need to go. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, we've got a Triwizard tournament to prepare for. Yeah. I think there actually were no classes on that day. No, there were. Oh, were there? Yeah. Well, that's so rude. Like, we need time to put our names in the goblet. It's not voting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it takes all day for me to work up the strength the mental fortitude, the, um, I guess, will to step <laughs> over the line and drop that piece of paper in. It is outrageous that we would have to attend class. I mean, you've got, like, lunch break, you've got morning break, you've got the evening break as well. Like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> you've got several breaks. <laughs> Most also, of the students have free periods as well. <laughs> fine. I just think we should have no classes that day. Oh, God. I love how 
tr- deeply I believe that I am attending Hogwarts <laughs> that I actually get upset over things like when the classes were. Yeah, I really like our dad's strategy. What I like about it the most is that it means that you're not in competition with the other students. No, yeah. It's not just putting your name in. It's guaranteeing, or virtually guaranteeing, that your mm. name comes out of the goblet. You're probably at least getting 70% of them in there. Yeah. Yeah. If you sat there all day, especially if you're under an invisibility cloak, like a sneaky Harry Potter owns. Well, I assume I don't have an invisibility cloak. Yeah, again, if it's But, you know, I assume that I'm also not that popular, so I can just sit by myself and just <laughs> whisper to myself and no one would think it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Nelly, no friends over here. I mean, no I'm going to notice. Like I said, I just imagine myself in real life <laughs> in the scenario. And in high school, wasn't that popular. <laughs> I had some friends. <laughs> I might have friends. No. The people who would notice I'm not there would be the teachers because I would not be sitting at the front of the class. Yeah. Basically interrupting them in order to prove how smart I am every single sentence. That's true. I've never missed a class. <laughs> yes. Uh, McGonagall would be there. Where is she? <laughs> is she mm. dead? Because that's the only reason she should not be in this so class. So I'd need to make an alibi. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have someone else as a decoy or a double for me in class. Mm-hmm. Or make it seem like I'm sick and then really hide in the background. A way that you could do that, put your name in the goblet of fire by crossing the line first thing in the morning then you get a beard and then you're in the hospital wing all day then sneaky sneak out of the hospital wing and spend all your time watching people put their names in with a beard with a beard (laughs) with a full beard so people see a 14 year old girl (laughs) with a beard in the background hood up (laughs) sneakily whispering to herself and don't think to question it no that's just the crazy person. They don't recognize me at all. <laughs> just because I'm wearing a beard. <laughs> you see, I've got this beard. <laughs> uh, again, I was imagining an invisibility cloak. But what's that spell that's basically makes the invisibility cloak pointless? A concealment a charm. Disillusionment charm? That too. The same charm. They're called a chameleon charm as well. Oh, there's lots of names for this charm, apparently. So, I don't know if 14-year-olds have mastered those. Harry doesn't know it in fifth year. Again, time to practice over the holidays, you know. I just assume I can do all magic. (laughs) I mean, like we said, we've had time to prepare potions. We've had time to prepare confundment charms and imperial curses. (laughs) Yeah, if I can learn an unforgivable curse, I bet I can learn a disillusionment charm over the holidays. It's not that hard. Just apply yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Just apply yourself. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) You can do anything. (laughs) Okay, I have one more strategy. Okay. And I'm gonna say it's the dumbest strategy ever. Hit me. Okay. So (laughs) the Weasley twins. Yeah. They take the aging potion. What happens is, and I read this, I reread this scene specifically because I had an idea. Mm -hmm. Fred steps over the line and for a moment Mm. it seems like the aging potion has worked. Long enough that George shouts out with happiness and excitement Mm also steps over the line, joins his brother, and then there is basically an explosion Mm -hmm. and they get thrown backwards out of the circle Mm -hmm. and they land and they start growing beards. Yep. So, the time between them stepping over the line and being thrown out, I'm thinking two or three seconds? I think less. Okay, one second? One second. One second... It doesn't sound like a lot, but look at your watches, gang. It's a reasonable period of time. Okay, so... It's 1.5 metres, <laughs> What? I'm not saying I'm going to dash it. Here's my last strategy to put my name in the Goblet of Fire. Do a big jump. <laughs> <laughs> so, have your name written down on that paper. Be ready. You got that in your hand. You take a big runner. Run up <laughs> to that line. You leap. You land as close to the goblet as you can, and as fast as possible. You smash your name <laughs> down in that cup. You just, you slam dunk it in there so quickly. <laughs> you just hook him. You just hook him through the line. <laughs> and then, and then your feet hit the ground. The age line goes off. You get thrown out. You've got a beard. It doesn't matter. Your name's in that cup. <laughs> no one can stop you now. And... Forever you go down as a Hogwarts legend. <laughs> you're, you're the student who didn't even try to beat the age line. You just you just accepted your limitations. You just jumped right in there and you did it anyway. You just screamed Valhalla and went for it. 
<clears throat> Incredible. Yeah, no, I love it. I think it's ridiculous and dumb, but it's like it's like an all or nothing strategy. It's mm. like it's last resort. I mean, but you'd have to be there long enough to time it. You have to know. You have to watch other people do it. Mm-hmm. So we saw the Weasley twins do this. Mm. So. A bystander who was watching this could have easily come up with my strategy. My only uh, counter to this is, I've seen you do long jump before. <laughs> You're not yes. good at this. <laughs> You're not good at running up at something and jumping a fair distance. Yeah, I'm. I'm not fit. <laughs> I'm. I'm weak and I'm slow. <laughs> so maybe I personally could not pull this off. But you could imperio someone to do it. Yes. That's why most of my strategies were things like subterfuge and trying to sabotage my own school by tricking the other headmasters into putting my name in. Yeah. Not based on my physical strength. (laughs) Yeah. But I think if worse came to worst, do a big jump is a reasonable strategy. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. So, is that basically all of our thoughts of how we would put our name in the Goblet of Fire? Yeah, I think, ultimately, my biggest strategy would be some form of chucking it in. Yeah. Yeah. That's, well, my last strategy is chuck myself in and then (laughs) chuck the name in, but realistically, if you just wrote down your name, like, a hundred times, not even a hundred, a dozen times, Mm. and just sat down on the outside of the line and just chucked it in until Mm. you you got, you landed your name in that goblet. And then you can just summon those papers back that have fallen down. You can just incinerate them all. Yeah. Easy. You can cast fire. Leave no trace. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the problem with a lot of my strategies is that I do leave trails. Mm. But again, there's no issue with people finding out how I put my name in, because once my name's in there... Get fucked. Mm. I'm I'm in there. Yeah. I'm in the competition. Binding magical contract. <laughs> yeah. Harry didn't even enter and he was forced to. If I deliberately enter, even with highly illegal methods, what are you gonna do? Come at me, Ministry of Magic. I've got to compete. Yeah. Apparently. Apparently. Apparently that's the rules. We will do in another episode on why does Harry have to compete in the tournament. Mm. But for now, the last thing I'd like to talk about, instead of how would you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Let's just talk about, would you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Absolutely not. <laughs> That's a no from me. Yeah, fucking no. I mean, look at the first task alone. You have to fucking battle a dragon. <laughs> I mean, I love dragons, but I don't want to fight one. Especially a mother guarding an egg. Oh, God. Everything about it sounds like a nightmare. Exactly. Sounds like I'd have to do work. Sounds like I'd have to run around and be strong. I hate this. Okay. So the award is 10,000 galleons, right? Yeah. I don't know how much that is in muggle money. I guess a lot. 10,000 galleons. Let's just say that's $10,000. Mm-hmm. I'm not fucking risking my life for $10,000. Like, I know. At, in... a, at age 14? No. At, at age 14, I know. Okay, realistically. I might have had thoughts like, oh yeah, I can fucking do it. But then, like, two seconds later, I'm like, actually, no, I can't. Because I'm 14-year-old, <laughs> I don't even know what a bubblehead charm is. And mm-hmm. I'm, like, literally, all I got is Jelly Legs Jinx, Alohomora, <laughs> Expelliarmus. <laughs> Lumos. Like, that's all I got. So, yeah, I'm not putting my name in that fucking cup because... I know that people have died in the past and it's... I'm too young. I'm Mm. just... It's ridiculous. Honestly, it just... The whole thing sounds like some kind of Gryffindor nonsense. (laughs) It does. I just... Little 14-year-old me, Mm. I could not imagine. The teachers are all up there being like, this is really dangerous. Children cannot survive this. It's only for adults who have studied magic for a long time. Don't put your name in. It's too dangerous. Mm. And I'm there like, no, I'm going to do it. That's not going to happen. No. No. I was thinking about Harry. Harry's whole perspective of why he wants to enter, because he does want to enter, even though he does not do it. Mm. He fantasizes about it for a few moments. Yeah. The way I suppose that any teenage boy would. I don't know. I don't know. He's thinking things like, uh, wow, wouldn't it be so exciting? Um... I guess he wants to, like, bring honour to his house or he something. He wants to impress Cho as well. He does want to impress Cho. Yeah. That boy, he's so cute. <laughs> yeah, I I keep getting the word noble in my brain. I think he wants to do something really impressive and cool. Plus. Because it makes no sense. Keep in mind, he is an athlete. He's, he's a Quidditch boy. It's all about the grind. <laughs> so that's it for this episode, guys. I hope you've enjoyed all of our theories. Oh, and if you've got one of your own... 
We would love to hear from you. Yes, absolutely. Send them through. Yes. <laughs> any any variation of throw it in, which we did not cover, <laughs> please email, Tumblr, my blog, however you want to contact us. We definitely want to hear your thoughts. And the more convoluted, the better. Like, I yes. want to hear a master sp- strategy. Like. Yes. And also the more illegal, the better. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Just before we wrap it up today, we would like to call attention to something that we're very excited about. We have a brand new logo. Yes. It was designed by Winged Corgi. And you can see more of her art on wingedcorgi.tumblr.com. Mm-hmm. She's an amazing Harry Potter artist. A lot of you might recognize some of her comics yep. that I love because... They're honestly hilarious and amazing, and she's just so great. Yeah, and she's created this beautiful logo of us at the platform nine and three quarters. It's just, (laughs) we stared at it for about five hours when we saw it. (laughs) I was so excited. I think I nearly died. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's all for this episode this week. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time. Yes. I've been Jem, your better host. And I've been Rhea, the best host. Absolutely not. I've been the better host. I'm the best host. We're the best. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Podcast 9 and 3 Quarters. This show is written and edited by Rhea and Jem. You can send us an email at 9and3quarterspodcast at gmail.com or talk to us separately, me, on our Tumblr page, podcast9and3quarters.tumblr.com and Rhea is on her blog, prostintoglasses.com. Please feel free to send us theories or ask questions and bombard us with so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on the rock in the sea to avoid them. Our logo art is by Winged Corgi. Find more of her art at wingedcorgi.tumblr.com. This week's intro music was The Goblet of Fire by Patrick Doyle, and our outro music was Hedwig's Theme by John Williams. You hear from us again in two weeks' time. 